Welcome to another journey into the power of the harvest with Pastor Charles Ellis. Power of the Harvest offers biblical answers to today's questions, all found in the Word of God. Allow Pastor Ellis to guide you through the Word as he teaches with clarity and transparency so that you can not only understand, but begin practicing the Word of God so your life can be forever changed. Now, listen to today's teaching on the power of the harvest with Pastor Charles Ellis. You know, it's truly a blessing for you to be with me on this afternoon. Uh, most of you who have actually got my e- emails or have got some of my newsletters know that uh, most of the text messages I sent out during the course of the week before the show takes place is, is no longer in effect. That Those of you who have a desire to want to come onto the show will have to just come into my website. And uh, what you will have to do is go to contacts. And when you go to contacts, uh, I want you to sign up. Give me your email. And as you give me your email, that way when the show gets ready to start or whatever invitees that I want to send out to, then you'll be able to receive the confirmation of that show. But we want to let you also understand that even as on tonight, uh, this coming Saturday morning uh, at 10 o'clock, we have our actual Psalms report. It's always a word of Psalms that the Lord is bringing us together, the wisdom, the knowledge, the direction and understanding for something that he's imputed to us as being men and women of God. November the 2nd, uh, 2014 here uh, in, the, in the month of October, I mean November, excuse me, we're going to be actually over at our new location. Uh, we're going to be having a, 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 a tremendous time in the Lord. We expect to have some things there for you uh, as you come in to be a part of what we're doing. Any more information you want to know about the location and where we are, I advise you to go to my website, which is www.com harvestnewlifechurch.com I want to say uh, hello to my beautiful wife who's always in the studio uh, behind the scene working things you'll get a chance to hear from her on this Sunday as she will be bringing the word and we don't know what she's going to be dealing with but I know she's dealing with something in the area of the area of salvation and in the kingdom of God we want to also acknowledge the fact that uh, breast awareness uh, breast cancer awareness uh, we declare and decree by the word of God, according to the word of God, that uh, it's got to come down. And everything that seems to come against our women in the ministry, our men that as well, dealing with some of the prosthetic areas. But this area of the ministry we're dealing right now is an area of dealing with women of breast cancer. This is their month. So we want to pray and continue to declare the word over their lives, that even as that very uh, infirmity try to enter into their body, we're going to declare by the word of God, according to the word, that it says that it's got to come down. The word of God gives us a promise to be able to call things and be not what they were and declare and decree on the lives of everyone who's suffering from this disease who's been taking so many of our women. You know, death doesn't have color. It doesn't really matter. They say it's more or less on the Caucasian side. It's more on the African-American side. These things that happen in the lives of our individuals, our individual people, uh, death doesn't have a range. Suffering doesn't have a name. It's going to try to attack whoever it needs to attack. And try to bring on the subjection of that realm which is of the enemy so we're going to continue to pray and declare the word of god over the very women in this month and we're going to believe that we're going to break that stronghold that infirmity that's in their life it's causing so many of our women to leave here before their time i thank each and every one of you for joining me on this afternoon here at harvest and black church we're going to be right back in the book of galatians 
we're gonna do a little bit we're gonna excuse me we're gonna do a little bit of strategic lost my voice there for a minute we're gonna do a little bit of a study and a little strategically here we're gonna drop we're gonna slow down a little bit we're gonna hear what some of the things that's going on in the book of Galatians and some of the thing how the word of God has been talked in the last days even in the mouths of individuals who speak the word that the word of God declares that it's the spirit that gives life the letter is death but the spirit gives life meaning God's word is in the spirit if you read it and begin to seek it or seek him diligently I believe God will by no means give you the revelation that you need in your life and that you will have the ability to see through every false doctrine or every false word that may try to come against you and make you feel other than what God has declared in your life. Well, as I said before, I, I thank you for joining me each and every night. You can take up your time. It's Friday night. It could be a lot of things you're doing, but I thank you for the opportunity of being with me on this Friday night. To hear what the Lord has to say in this very series that we've been dealing with in the book of Galatians. We're going to let the music solidify itself a little bit. And we're going to be right back with you. We're going to pray. We're going to open up. We're going to hear what the Lord has to say according to the kingdom of God. to be on your floor with you on the line father god to hear that what's coming from the kingdom of god father god i ask you to bless the mouth of this priest to bless the mouth of this pastor bless the mouth of this prophet as he go forth and declare the word unto your people father god i have nothing to give my life to you in order to speak that what's to your people that they may live that they may be survivors of that which you have called them to be and even as the gift flows in them richly, Father God, I declare by the word of God that no weapon formed against neither one of them shall prosper. Lord, I declare and I call war against the very area of breast cancer in the lives of every individual, every woman who suffered through that word cancer, Father God. During the course of this month of October, I lose it in the name of Jesus. I cause that infirmity to be wrapped in the blood chains of Jesus and sent back to hell in which it come from. I decree the word and I declare the word. I call the word being done. And I'm asking you, Father God, in the name, oh, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, speak to the mouth of your prophet on this afternoon as I reveal that which you have according to the word of God, that I speak nothing to myself, but everything you have called me to speak according to the kingdom of God. Father God, look over these women who's going through this very suffering at this particular time in their life. And even as we bring it to remembrance this month, Lord, to be able to lift them up before you, Father God, and declare that every weapon that try to come against them has got to fall. Lord, I decree by the word of God, I call war. I serve notice on this very form of cancer that's been hurting our women in the ministry, as well as our women in the world, Father God, and not giving them an opportunity to come before you and give their life that they may realize and understand that the gift you have in them is more than they can imagine the ear thinking. Father God, I bless this word. I declare it and I decree it. I send it to the third heaven. There be a word to go forth and I decree, Lord, it will not and it shall not go back void. I heal every structure. 
I heal every bad word, Father God, that ever come against them to give them the word to make them feel other than what you have declared in their life. Your word is decreed according to Isaiah 55 and 11, Father God, that no weapon formed against them should prosper. Lord, I decree according to the spirit, Father God, that even as I pray, Father God, that you lose every form and every negative thing, every structure of every implantation that the enemy tried to put upon them. Lord, I cause it to be doused right now in the name of Jesus. I decree and I declare. I call it being done. And I cause it to be wrapped in the blood chains of Jesus and sent back to hell on what you come from. Father God, I declare that everything in their bodies got to line up according to the blood. These things I speak not of myself, but the power, oh Lord, of the power of the Most High God. Lord, I thank you right now in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, Lord, amen. It's like I said, I thank each and every one of you for the opportunity of being with us here at uh, H&LC Studios here in the city of Dallas. It's just amazing to how the precious power of the Holy Spirit begin to roll, but we won't want to uh, pull back on what we're about to study on today. We're going to be dealing with the area of the counterfeiters in the ministry. And this word is not aimed to anybody, or any man of God who's actually going to ministry. If you're walking right with the ministry and the word of God, then guess what? You don't have to worry about this. But I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit hits you and it convicts you, and the Bible declares that, you know, no weapon can be formed against you. You don't have to worry about the conviction on you because the word of God has already moved you from that, whatever it is that may be alienating you, that make you feel other than what God has declared upon your life. You got to have love. We got to love the people. We don't care how bad they may seem in the eyesight of what we may be. Because, Father God, we all have come short of something in our life. Father God said, I love the backslide. I love those who don't understand my word. That's why I put you here on earth with the gift that I put in you, that you may go out and spread the gospel through all the world, that they may be convicted of whatever may be in their life. And they abide on it and they come to me and ask me that, I may be, that they may be saved whenever it may be in their life. that's causing them to be erroneous in the areas of their life. Father God, I thank you this afternoon. As we open up the book of Galatians, we're going to go and kind of breeze through the area of chapter 1, which we dealt with according to the word of God and it was uh it was a very powerful word it was just the opening part of the uh, book of Galatians I got kind of ahead I got the spirit moving but I want to slow down here and I want to make some key points about how they came against Paul and they tried to twist his words. You know, we peak, we're going to go over to the book of Second uh, Peter and we're going to see some things in Second Peter 3 that I'm going to speak to you about. That even as we see the word that's coming out of Second Peter, God saved this word to give to Peter at the end of his last epistle. That when you look at the Paul's uh, Peter's epistle, you see nowhere else in the Bible where uh, there's any other apostle accrediting or accolading another apostle word because God has given them the word that even as we begin to read it we're going to understand we're talking about the vernacular here we're talking about an area of the Bible to the point that people who read it don't really understand that you see nowhere in the Bible do you see any other apostle actually advocating or correcting or saying what's got to came forth on another man of God's word read it and you tell me if you find it you may understand and realize that they may say something about a previous scripture or verse but I'm telling you man the woman of God when you read this word when we get down to the nitty-gritty of what we're about to talk about on today you're gonna see some revelation that's gonna come forth let's open up with some introductory appointments about what was going on in the area of Galatia we know it was a lot of false doctrine going on it was a lot of false teaching going on we know that was uh, Judaizers people of the Jewish Christian belief those who came with a number of ceremonial practices of the Old Testament and we know they was binding the very going forth in the New Testament by following some of the very camp some of the very 
things that they believed in. But I believe Paul's successful campaign in Galatia, uh, that, that, that even when he became to, uh, uh, to, to, to Galatia, he convinced most of those who are in Galatia that they should turn to Christianity. And when we understand the word, as I read here in some of my notes here, that they have been uh, motivated by the desires to avoid the persecutions of the Zulat Jews. I'm talking about a hellacious Jew. They call them the Zulat Jews, Z-E-L-Z-E-A-L-O-T, Jews, which objected their uh, fraternizing with the Gentiles. Now, we look at Judaizers, and Paul was not uh, in the area of really being in what you would call in uh, relation with these men of God. But when you think about the word of God and the Apostle Paul speak, he said, look, I ran into these cats before. I heard things about them even when I was a stickler of the law. I heard it how they persecuted the church. I heard it how they tried to come in with their own doctrine and try to convince those who are unlearned about the things of their ways. So Paul speaks in the word and he says it like this. He said the Judaizers urged Paul Paul was not an authentic apostle. They were telling Paul, you're not an authentic apostle. That even in the desires of Paul's messages coming forth to appeal to the Gentiles, that they had to move forward uh, in the gospel and not turn to the, re uh, the requirements of those in Judaism. He talks about the requirements of the representation of the established of God word, that him being an apostle and authority that he was given wasn't by no, by no man nor through any man. And as we turn over to the book of uh to the book of uh, Galatians over in verse 1 we deal with the first part of this particular scripture and how it comes to form and then Paul begins to speak very candidly and very clear about the very topic in which he's dealing with these legalistic Jews in in the area of some of their own ceremonial beliefs and thinking and try to discredit Paul as being the apostle who was called by Christ uh, on the road to Damascus, Paul speaks over in the book of Galatians in verse one, and he speaks and he says like this. And we want to go through this. We're going to be in this, this verse one for a while because I want to see how strict this is before we even move on to verse two. Paul says an apostle, not of man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now this introduction this introduction brings us to the actual Galatians, which probably covers maybe the first five verses of uh the the verse of, of chapter one in the book of Galatia. But I'm gonna break some things to you when I deal with the very verses of solution and how Paul really brought some key points to this teaching and to these very Jews who what we call hellacious Jews in the ministry and were trying to divert the word of God or talk the word of God, twist it and make it to the educational understanding that it be more pleasing to the ears. This is why we read in the word of God about how they have itchy ears that some people go and they listen to the educational part of the ministry but they don't listen to the revelation part of the ministry it says that paul the apostle christian the legalistics are calling paul into question as being an apostle now though they called in his authority in the play but they claimed that apostle was that apostle paul was a fake since he did not or since he was not or he was not commissioned while with christ while he was here on earth now let me make sure we get this understood that these legalists call paul into question that the apostleship, therefore, his authority, that they claim that the apostle was a fake.
since Christ did not commission him while he was, was here on earth. Now, this is, carries a very strong clout. Now, we can look at it from the educational point of view, but I'm going to twist this thing, not to the point it's going to be in the negative, but this is the same thing when God sees things that are in your life. When God called you to do a great work and there are people who look at you as if you don't have what it takes to get an overflow from the kingdom of God. They'll look down on you as if you don't you don't line up to the measure of what men say you ought to be. You don't have the degree on the wall. You don't have the seminary service and things. Now, I ain't saying nothing wrong with you going to seminary, but I want you to understand something. That when we look at the word of God and we think about how those holy scriptures are written, the Bible declares that they was inspired. These men of God wrote the scriptures. They was inspired by the Holy Ghost. You don't see Apostle Paul. You don't see John, you don't see Barnabas and none of these guys talking about they went to the University of Texas or they went to the University of Michigan and they went to the University of wherever it may be. These guys were inspired through the Holy Spirit. Now I don't knock education but I'm talking about revelation. It goes on and says that these legalistics in Galatia believe that the law rather than the power of the Holy Spirit was significant to heal the saints. I didn't say no Christians. I said saints. This is the word that he used in the highest form of authority when they dealt with people who were actually coming together as it says in Psalms 133. He says in Psalms 133, how good is it for men to dwell together in unity? Paul uses this term in the area of verse 1 of the book of Galatians that these legalistic Jews looked at Apostle Paul as if he didn't have what it takes to be able to minister the word of God. Matter of fact, not only that, but they looked at these very, they looked at the law that it had more authority than the Holy Spirit. In other words, they didn't feel that these men of God could be saved by the precious power of the Holy Spirit. Paul called these men of God not Christians, but he called them saints. These men were a part of that what is of the kingdom of God. And we look at the official calling of the Apostle Paul. We see that the word apostle is one of the highest authorities in Christianity. Now, Paul goes on and says, as we were to Paul over in verse 1 he said not from men now listen to what he says not from men Paul's first point in this epistle challenges the legalistic and pregnostics decisively he chooses these men these zoolites these hellacious Jews by the character in which they believe other than what the Holy Spirit is able to do his apostleship he says did not come from men but from God himself I believe I'm in here somewhere Paul did not receive the commission of his apostleship from a group of men in a, some church. I, I'm talking to somebody because when we understand right now, men look at you as if they give you a name, then that's what challenges the kingdom. Paul said, did no man call me? Matter of fact, when we go over to the book of Acts 26 and 26, Paul's argument before King Agrippa, he told King Agrippa in Acts 26 and 26, look here, King Agrippa, this thing here didn't start up in some corner somewhere. Read it. As you go to the book of Acts 26 and 26, he said, For the king knew these things before whom also I speak freely. Paul said, You knew this already. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. King Agrippa knew what was going on. He knew the power of the Holy Spirit. For this thing was not done in a corner. This thing didn't start up in a corner somewhere. And let me say something about that. You got people running around to say they want to be a part of the ministry, but they can't come under authority.
They said they want to be a part of this. They want to be a part of that. How God gave them this and how God gave them that. That's nothing but rebellion and not want to come under the submission of the authority. What God is called in the season in which we in. I'm talking about us. And I know you know who I'm speaking about in this term. It's so hard for us to come under submission. One of the biggest things that hinder you from your walk in the kingdom is rebellion. That you feel that when you go out and do something other than what the man of God who has authority over you to let you know what needs to be done. Then all of a sudden you rebel and you run off and you do opposite what the word of God says in, in Proverbs 3 and 5. You don't lean to your own. You don't lean not to your own understanding. You lean to your own understanding. But then you begin to fall in the area what God has never really commissioned you to be in that he told you according to the book of Ephesians 4 11, that this is a fivefold ministry every gift that you and I have is submitted to come under the authority not so much of a man but in the vision what God has in that house we keep on running around all over town and we keep on trying to find where is that God got us to go if you flip your Bibles right over in the book of, 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 of Psalms and I'm going to turn over there with you and we want to look at this in the book of Psalms, and I'm going to bring some revelation to you. We're not getting off of this word over in the book of Galatians, but I want to show you something, how people really lose the things that God has in store for them by falling under the area of rebellion. But God by no means will cast you out. But there's a suffering point that you have to go to. David went through a suffering point. We know when David got out of the line according to what he did with Bathsheba. We know that Moses was caused from going into the promised land. We know there's some things that happened with Elijah when he came off the uh, the, the, the the battle of Mount Carmel. When he began to say, ask the Lord, he said, I'm all alone. We know that there was a correction against Samuel when he went down to king to crown David as being king. God had to check the prophet and tell him over in 1 Samuel and tell him that this I don't look at man the way man look at man. I look at the heart. David looked as if he didn't have what it get. They looked to get an overflow from the kingdom of God. But notice the revelation of it. Even though David messed up with Bathsheba, went into battle and had Uriah put on the first line and killed the woman of God's husband, God still knew that Absalom was going to not survive the things that was a Paul's sin of the past. Let me show you something in the book of Psalms 1. And I'm talking about those who are rebellion and don't fall under the submission and authority that's at hand. They'll go off wandering around. They'll try to plant things in place and they try to make their own law and make their own word to come into commission. See, the Bible says you got to study to show yourself approved. That when a man has a vision here on earth, just like those who came up out of Egypt, they didn't want to hear what Moses had to say. But they promised the word on their life over in the book of Hebrews 14, 11 and 14. He said, now, numbers 14, they put, put a prophetic word on their own life. They said, oh, if we would have died in Egypt, oh, if we would have died in the wilderness. I'm telling you, man, the woman of God, everything that they said against their own life happened right out there in the wilderness. Every one of them that came out of Egypt died right out there in the wilderness. They spoke death on their own life. Am I speaking to someone? The Bible declares and decrees that life and death is in the power of the tongue. But I'm going to tell you how you fall in the rebellion and you begin to lean opposite of what Proverbs 3 and 5 says. Let's look at Psalms. So look at Psalms 1. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's what person who walk in rebellion. I ain't talking about the people who you walk around with spicy language. The Bible declares over in the book of Ephesians 2, he said, you all once walked the course of the world according to the sins. We all once had a conversation of times past, but the word of God is declaring on your life right here. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We're looking at Psalms 1. 
nor standing in the center of the seat of the scoffle. But his delight should be in the law. Come on, somebody. Joshua 1 and 8. The law of the Lord. And under the law does he meditate day and night. Come on, somebody. And he should be like a what? A tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruits in his season. The Bible declares his leaves or should not wither, that whatever he does should prosper. See, when you fall into rebellion, you can't get planted nowhere. When you get mad at a man that's the God over here or a man of God over there by something he told you in correction, you want to uproot yourself. You want to go find somewhere else and you want to start your own ministry. Well, go ahead on out there. The word of God says you will not flourish. I ain't never seen a tree that keep on being uprooted and never grow any kind of fruit. Jesus spoke the word of that tree when he's going into Bethel. He said, no one either of this tree from here on. That's what you got to understand. And when you come to rebellion, your tree becomes cursed of the fruit. Your light becomes cursed of the fruit that God has authority for you to have here on earth. You don't, the man of God don't curse you. You curse yourself by being disobedient to the things of God and the man that he put over you to have authority. And this is one of the things we're dealing with over in the book of Galatians. These hellacious Jews came against Paul. They noted against Paul over in verse 1 when Paul said, not of man. Paul's first point was against this epistle that, in this first point in this epistle, excuse me, was to challenge the legalistic and pregnostic Jews. He, he challenged them decisively. He knew who they were. The Paul said, I ran into this kind of party before. I heard about this group. When I was a stickler of the law, I knew how they operate. So Paul said, now that I've converted over to Christianity and become a saint of God, on my Damascus experience, I know how these cats operate. Ain't it amazing how you once worked the course of the world and now God has pulled you out of the world and you go back into the world as you get strong enough to go back and get them? Because some of us have come out and then we want to go back and get those who are in the world and we end up getting snatched back into the world because we thought we were strong because we didn't sit still to hear what God had to say. No, we want to go out and start our own ministry. We want to go and start our own whatever it may be. And then we find ourselves fighting and kicking against the prince. And Paul declared in the creed that it's hard. Christ told Paul on the road to Damascus. He said, Paul, don't you know it's hard for you to keep kicking against these pricks when you can't fall under the very authority of the power of the revelation and the commitment of God you will have one of the most worstest lives you have ever thought you would have in your entire life because you will constantly run into walls you will constantly bump your head you keep complaining about the knots on your head but you don't seem to understand that Paul is trying to get you to fall out of line with the law Paul said the law is no more in line we are walking under grace and the Bible says it's by grace that you saved. It's by grace that you are bound. Paul told these men, I'm not sending of you. I'm not sending of any man. This thing that stopped in a corner somewhere. And they no group of men who came together and put a ring on my finger and put a cross in my pocket and made me look better than everybody else. Paul speaks a very strong word. He said, nor through man, no man, neither Barnabas, nor Ananias over in Acts 9 and 17. Any other single individual conferred to that gift that Apostle Paul had on him. No man can give it to him. Paul made it very clear. I speak that what the Lord has given me to speak. I speak with a man of ambassadorship. I'm called to speak that what's from the kingdom, whether you like it or not. When Ananias laid hands on Paul, he recognized, in fact, that it was already true. When you look at Ananias, you read the story about Ananias, the church of the way, he fought against the word of God. He said, this man has caused us great trouble. And also, God's got a word for him. 
God says, already done. You just need to be obedient and go do what I told you to do. Lay your hands on this man that he's going to receive from you is that I'm telling you that what you what I'm going to work through you is going to heal them for whatever it is that's in them. This man has got a great work to do. God has got a great work for you to do. But you got to get away from all these pregnant, these pregnant, these, these pregnistic uh, pastors and teachers who say they're one thing and they're not nothing. But they keep leaving you down destructive passes, taking everything that you got in your pocket, telling you promises about things that they're doing and they're not going to do because they ain't got the ability to do it. The Bible says you put your trust in the Lord. God is the one who's going to see you through. Paul said, I'm not sent through no man. When Ananias laid hands on Paul. It was already finished at the work that God had for them to do. He said, but through the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, Paul's apostleship came through the authority of Jesus Christ. God the Father, Paul's apostleship did not come through man, but from God. Paul did not receive a, his apostleship from any common occasion. That you just got up in the corner and started something. And you start putting rings and certificates on people's fingers and called them to be something. Paul said, I didn't get it from nobody. I got this from the Lord. But these legalistic Jews are trying to come together. And they try to believe that the law is more stronger than the Holy Spirit. When you understand and realize that these legalistics over in Galatia believe that the law was more powerful than the Holy Spirit. Paul said these men of God are called through the word that God has put in me to be saints. That they may be healed from whatever it is that's alienating them. But you legalistic and pragmatic Jews, y'all keep on coming. You hellacious Jews. I told you before in Acts, this thing just start up in the corner somewhere. I'm called to bring the truth out that you may understand that in the life that you live in, God called an authority on you. That even as I begin to speak and I stand before you, I stand before you as a man, as a representation of the kingdom of God. We talk about a ambassadorship. We talk about the United Kingdom. We talk about men who come out of the United States, got authority over in these foreign lands. That's power. They can give the law of the United States in a foreign country, whether it be Turkey, whether it be Hades, whether it be Asia, wherever it may be. They have been given the legal authority by the consulship and the authority of the government of the United States to be the mandate laws in those foreign countries. God has given you the same ability. These men of God have tried to twist, wall, twist Paul's word through various scriptures in Romans. Do various scriptures in the area of Galatians. Galatians is probably one of the hardest books for you to figure out. It's one of the hardest. We know that they was dealing with the law. But Paul declared that we're not under the law. We're under grace. The Bible declares by grace. Paul goes on and speaks a word. He said, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, Paul established his apostleship, came straight from the, from the, from the Father. He received a supernatural healing, a supernatural transformation from the Father. The father and the son both bestowed on Paul the certificate of apostleship. It didn't come from no man. Paul is trying to get them to see, I come in the authority. I come in the ambassadorship of the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Paul goes on and speaks about the father. It is a term. You look at the word father, excuse me. It, it talks about the relief. is really a unique relationship. God the father, a unique expression in the New Testament. We never read that God the Son in the New Testament. The New Testament does not use the term Son. 
for the deity of Jesus Christ. Read over when it says in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Paul's relationship to the Father was one of grace. Am I talking to somebody? Paul was the foremost exported. He was most he 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 was a he was a man called in the, such an authority of the area of the ministry that no man could tame the words that he had come out of his mouth. He spoke power with authority before he came to Christ. He was a murderer. Everybody knows he was a he was a stickler of the law. Paul was not a Christian. Paul fell in the name of legalism. Paul was just like one of these hellacious Jews. Matter of fact, he was getting letters from those who called themselves men of God, who walked under the law. And they was giving letters out the very pool of the people from the church of the way by punishing them, by beating them, by, by, by dragging them down, by throwing them in prison, by killing them, trying to get them to submit to the law. Paul said, I can't do that no more because I'm called under a whole different realm. I'm called under the authority and the power of the kingdom of God who raised him up from the dead. The other apostles received their apostleship when Christ was on earth. But I declare by the word of God, even as he's speaking in the chapter, Paul said they may have got all the authority here on earth. But he said by the grace of God, by the power that God restored me, I must surpass every one of them from the gospel. Paul received his apostleship after Jesus rose from the dead. Am I talking to somebody when you know that Jesus Christ went down and died and his father raised him up? He raised up and said, I got all power just in the palm of my hands. That was a powerful anointing that came upon Paul because he got the establishment of Jesus Christ when he came up with all power. Then Christ called him when he came in the supernatural being of which he was and which he already is and now stepped on the right hand side of his father. We go over to the book of Peter. I want you to turn with me to the book of Peter. Now I want to show you some things that even when second Peter reads some powerful illustrations, some powerful words. That he give us a heads up about our life. That know that even when he speaks about the writings of Paul. It's amazing how God waited in the epistles of Peter all the way to the end. To give him this powerful word about the writings of Apostle Paul. And how we all as men and women of God ought to be aware of the very things that Paul spoke of. You don't see nowhere else in the Bible where no other apostle is getting creditorship. Or giving any kind of accolades to any other apostle about what they wrote and what they said. Paul is confirmed. Matter of fact, Peter is confirming Paul's word. He says over here in the book of 2 Peter. If you turn with me, please. Over to 2 Peter. And we look at 1 Peter, 2 Peter 3, excuse me. And we look over in the 14th verse. He said, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you looked for such things, been diligent. That you may be found of him in peace. And, and that speaks volume right there. You don't know when Christ is going to come to receive you back to your place that you're supposed to be. But when he finds you, let you have peace. That know that where you're going, that's what God is calling you to. Don't be fighting and kicking and screaming. Know that you have a peace on your life. That whatever falls on you, whatever may come across you, God has still got the ability to heal you from whatever it is. But you got to have a peace. That you got to know that you know that you know. That a word of God surpasses all men's understanding. That it's through him that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that is in your life. God is trying to show you that he wants you to have the peace. Peter goes on and reads that therefore we're beloved, seeing that you look for as much so such things, being diligent, that you may be found of him in peace. 
with not spot or blemish and account that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him which is written unto you listen to what he's saying it's amazing that the long suffering of Christ that he, he's so long suffering with you when you all messed up when you jacked up he still has time he's still giving you time to get your life together he still have mercy and grace on our crazy selves that we still need to get ourselves together. Grace is my grace. You can't buy this. It's been given to you already. It's been paid on the cross. The long suffering, the long suffering, of the Lord, the salvation. God is saying, look, through my salvation, through the things I went through, my long suffering is an indication that even when you messed up in your life and you seem like you tore up from the flow up. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, all of us need to check up from the neck up because the word of God declares and decrees according to Romans 3 and 5, 3, uh, uh, Romans 3 and, uh, 3 and 25, that we all came short. We all fell short. We all had something in our life that wasn't right. We got to believe and declare and decree according to the kingdom of God. That no weapon formed against us should prosper. That the damage that we did, the damage that we're doing in our life, even when we look back over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, we knew that we was out there. We knew that we walked through a course of this world. We knew how we was. And now we done got to a point we over in the land that we think we got a little bit of something from the kingdom of God. And then we look down on everybody else. No, we can't do that. We got to love them. We got to believe that Christ has got the ability to bring them out of whatever it is that they're in. He goes on over in first in second Peter three and 16. He said also. He said also in all his epistles speaking to them, these things which are some things heard, but understood. Listen here, but there, but to understand which they are unlearned. Notice what he's saying. He says also in all the epistles, he's speaking to them of these things in which, which are some things heard to be understood, which they, what, what they, not, what it to unlearn, they be, to, to be understood. He's talking about Paul writings. Paul told you over here in the book of Galatians, they're going to turn the word of God. They're going to turn it to the educational thing. They're going to fleece you. They're going to come to you with oohs and ahs and ways of the vocabulary. They're going to master the very vocabulary. They're going to have oratorical skills that make you think that what they're speaking is true. But God is telling you that you got to walk according to the spirit. That you got to have that John 4.24 in you. You got to know that you know that you know. He goes on and his, you turn with me over here in 2 Peter 3. In 17, he says it like this. He said, you therefore beloved, seeing you know these things before. Beware lest you also being led away in error. Paul is telling you that. This is why he talks about over in the book of Timothy by those who have itchy ears. This is why I spoke against you, ladies and gentlemen, or to you, ladies and gentlemen, about the things over in Psalms 1. He said it. The minute you get upset, you want to leave and go somewhere. You don't want to sit there and take your conviction. You want to go where it seems more appeasing to a physical standpoint of view. You want to go where there's a lot of people, but you can still hide in your sins. And you can go out and say, well, I go to this church, I go to that church. And you still got stuff in you that's messed up, that's jacked up. And you don't know how to get it out of you. And the clock is steady ticking. And Paul is telling you, these men are talking you. These men are twisting the gospel. These men are on for their, are for their own demise. They're supposed to be preaching, but they get on Facebook and say spooky and everything's about other people. 
things that they ought not to be saying. They ought to be talking about pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Because all of us is messed up. I don't care how bad somebody says something about you on Facebook, on Twitter, on Box, or whatever, on Twitter, whatever it may be. Your job is to pray for them because you were there once before too. He told you in the book of Ephesians, you once walked that course also. You once also was out there in past conversations, in the past time. You just wasn't born out of the womb holy. Got men of God in leadership that's talking, that's taking on other men of God, talking about men, spitting information out on Facebook like the little women. Talking about them like little girls having conversations. You need to cut that stuff off. You need to get yourself together. You need to fall on your knees before Christ. You need to ask him to forgive you because you got to be a common account of every idle word that come out of your mouth. The word of God declares and decrees over in the book of Jeremiah 23. If you scatter my sheep, I'm going to scatter you. You visit them and cause them to fall short. I'm going to cause you to fall short. Get out of that stuff. Talking about them. Put your mouth on people. The Bible declares the decree that evil communication corrupts good judgment. The people only follow you and do what you do. You want to be a good leader? You want to be a man of God? Get your mouth together. Get your mind right. The word of God declares the decrees according to Romans 12 and 2. You ought to line up that you ought to get your mind together. He said, I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God. Did you not present your body as a living sacrifice? Get your mind together. Get your life right. You say you're a man of God, walk like one. You say you're a saint of God, then walk like one. Come under obedience. Come under those things that God has declared in your life. Paul said they talk in the word like never before. They lean into their own demise. They fleece in the people. They lead them down a path of destruction. And they don't even understand. They don't even know it. They're looking at a man rather than looking at God. And then when they look at your ministry, your ministry, your ministry, you don't got but a few people in there. They call you a man of not being of Christ because you don't got a heavy following or a heavy flock. The devil is a lie. Paul didn't need anybody. Everybody went against Paul. They, shut, they tried to shut Paul down. Matter of fact, when he was over in Damascus, he gave a word to them. They had to lower Paul over the wall to get him out of because they wanted to kill him the first list. These Jews, these, these Jerusalem councilmen. These so-called men of God is selling platforms and look at themselves as they're being more than what they think they ought to do. God said he ain't got no problem with you being thinking more highly, but he said just don't think more highly. Paul is telling you right there who raised him from the dead. Paul said God raised me from the dead. I was brought through Jesus Christ over in verse 1 over in the book of Galatians. Paul apostleship came through the authority of Jesus Christ, not men. You think you know the words. But you talk the scripture, you call it truth. But God is seeking you out. You cause them to fall, God said, I'm going to cause you to fall. You give them the bad word, I'm going to get you. I'm going to deal with you. You want to be so-called recreational pastors. Calling people together to having things to do what you feel is right in your own eyesight. Rather than saving them and sanctifying them. And let the words of the power of the miracles of God flow through their life. That they be healed from whatever it is that's in their life. The Bible declares and decrees if you say you're a man of God. This signs, one is a miracle, shall follow your ministry. It should be healing taking place every day in your ministry. Not just a bunch of people standing up shouting and hollering. I got infirmity in my body. Lord, heal me. Lay the hands on me. Cure me for whatever it is that's in my body. Jesus had healing and teaching ministry. The Song of Solomon says it's a time for all things. You got to operate in all seasons. You got to know it's a small, a time to laugh, a time to, the, 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 the laughter, a time to the, the set, the time to move. You got to know these things. Paul speaking a very strong word.
and it's a pistol. Some of the writings of Paul, when you understand the area, Paul responded clearly, establishing his apostleship and authority, thereby substanding or sub sustaining, sustaining, excuse me, the gospel and preaching by introducing the additional requirements for justification. This is Apostle Paul speaking. He said the works of the law has an adversary and they always do. It opened up channels and ways and you'd allow the enemy to creep in, ricochet around you, loose things that you know you're not supposed to be doing. Had prevented the gospel. This adversary prevents the gospel of grace from moving forth. Unless you come to grips and prevent it yourself by crying out to Christ. In order through Christ, everything and all things are possible. Establish your apostleship. Establish your, your relationship, your salvation in Christ. Ground yourself in Christ Jesus. Paul goes on to saying it's by grace. It's by grace through faith alone that people are justified. Not by no pastor. I ain't telling you not to follow the man of God. I'm not telling you anything, but I'm telling you, you better recognize that there's a go up there throwing you a bunch of stories and giving you activity out of the Bible, not seeing the things in your life, and you suffering at home, but yet you study giving tithes, you study getting offering, you study falling short in your relationship with your life, with your wife, you started falling in relationship with your family, but they more concerned about what they're speaking, they, they words of what they call oratorical skills, to try to perfect you, to make you feel other than what God has said. No, you got to get your own relationship together. When you understand your relationship is right with God, then the vision that God has gave that man to God, you will fall in line in the area of moving in that ministry not before then now how many times you can come before God and sing and do all these things it's not all the things that you get names clicks clubs and titles and position God is calling you to a lively hope God is calling to a lively expectation let me read something here it says again it's by grace that through faith alone that the people are justified. It is not by faith alone. Justified. It is not. It is by faith alone, excuse me, that they are alive. Their new life. They've been redeemed through the Spirit. They've been set free from every infirmity that so easily try to beset them. Paul goes on and speaks, and he goes on and speaks very candidly about some of the principles. I'm about to get off of here, but I want to let you know. Then we're going to be right back in the book of Galatians on Monday. And we're going to be under it on Thursday. And we're going to be in it on Friday. We're going to hit a double header because we got to finish it up on Friday. Paul speaks about some of the principles in this area. And even as I gather my own notes about some of the knowledge God has given me during the course of the time of this teaching and how he has really opened my mind up to so many things. There have been times as a pastor I have failed because I've reached out to men of God who didn't even want to look my way. They was more concerned about their own thing, doing what they wanted to do. And they didn't even look at the other leadership and people in place and try to help them promote the gospel. They were more concerned about what they feel that their people, they don't belong to you. All you desire to do according to First Peter 5 is to shepherd the flock. No souls belong to you. You are to guide them in the direction to lead them to the heavenly place. So are you to lead yourself. The Bible says first to you and then to them. You are getting talked to as you minister in the word of God. Many people don't like the word I preach, but I preach it anyway. It doesn't matter to me whether you like it or like me or not. It doesn't matter. I'm just like Apostle Paul. You might want to chop my head off, but I'm a priest of God. I'm a priest of the word of God. Paul claims in the principles, and we speak about the principles of this chapter. Any claim that Christ plus something saves and sanctifies is foreign. Let me say that again. 
anything that claims plus Christ is foreign. That said it saves, it's foreign, it, 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 it's alien. It's not true. It's not the teaching of the New Testament. We're talking about the applications. I want to bring that principle by again because I hear the Holy Spirit speaking. About anything that puts itself before Christ in your area or walk with Christ is foreign. It is an alien. You know, we talk about aliens. You got to examine them things because they may be coming to do damage. They may be coming in to pull you out of what God has called you in to be. Paul say the spirits that come to put you are alienated. They are alien spirits. That's a foreign spirit. It's not, it don't belong in you. And if it don't identify it according to John 4, 24, then don't deal with it. Quit looking at a man. Quit trying to run up behind somebody that you can hold on to. And you need to get down on your knees in your own house and be the priest of your own house. Quit trying to have a group of people over you to make you feel better. I ain't got nothing against that. I got a group of people over me, but I teach them. You need to be priests in your own household. You need to be men and women got in your own household. You need to call the authority in your own household. We're talking about the application of this teaching. Some of the areas of this teaching in verse 1. Salvation is Christ. It is Christ. And not nothing else. Sanctification is Christ. Not nothing else. Anything else that emerges into the gospel, that emerges in the sanctification, it says it's God, it's always an unadulterated grace. It don't belong there. It don't own you. It don't own salvation. It's Christ in him alone. Through sanctification, through him and his will. I don't know where you are this afternoon. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I tell you all the time, and I say this over and over again. I can feel the power of the Spirit just boosting me in every area of my life when I begin to get further along in the Word of God. He just empowers me to go farther and stronger and deeper, to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. If you walk up right, the Word of God declares in Psalms 84, He won't hold nothing back for you. But those of you who are being conspired, those of you who are walking according to the mingling of the very things that's in the Word of God and salvation are already falling short. A man can't save you. It's got to be Christ and him alone. When you stand before God, it's going to be him and nobody else. It's not going to be your bishop. It's not going to be your teacher. It's not going to be your mother. It's not going to be your sister. It's not going to be your brother. It's going to be Christ who's going to judge you. That's the any man should boast. Christ wipes all that out. He says not by anybody's works. You may be doing a lot of things, but count it as the work that God called you to do to help bring his people into the kingdom of God. And don't think another than that. God didn't call you to be king over nobody. He called you to be a bullhorn for the kingdom of God. And that's just what we're doing here at Harvest New Life Church. We may not have the biggest church. We may not have the best church. But I'm telling you, our fancy words and the way we so-called use our oratorical skills don't call nobody into the kingdom of God. Our fancy degrees on the wall don't make us better than nobody. We're called to be sanctified and move in the power of the revelation of God and impute on to you that was imputed on to the Apostle Paul and any legalistic, any pregnostic Jews or any kind of pregnostic men of God who come against you to tell you other than what the word of God said with all their oratorical understanding with all their degrees on the wall you better stop listening to them and you better get down on your knees and ask God to lead you in the direction you need to go in I know you don't like it but I'm going to tell the truth you can flip it any way you want to flip it I don't care who you are ain't nobody scared up in this house we believe in what God is doing over here we believe in the calling that God got on our lives we know who we are and we know whose we are 
I tell you, God bless each and every one of you. I thank God for you joining me on tonight and being a part of this very show. And it ain't finished. We still got a lot more to go. But I want you to be with me and be in tune with me on this coming Saturday in the area of our actual event that we deal with in the area of having our uh, Psalms report. Sometimes Pastor Elder get the molding. He get the moving. But he wants you to understand that he loves you. And he wants you to be right there with him. But we get to moving in some things. We want you to be with us on this Saturday morning at 10 o'clock here on HNLC Studios, Power of the Harvest. Go to my website, harvestnewlifechurch.com. Go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to Boxer, go to SoundCloud. We are all everywhere. You can't miss this word. Call me. I don't care who you are, where you're calling from. My number is 214-870-2146. Go to my website harvestnewlifechurch.com you can see all the information about this ministry on there it, not be, it may not be one of the, the best looking websites you have to see but I'm telling you we put out the word of God over here we believe what God is doing I'm telling you God bless you God keep you remember this month breast cancer awareness let's pray for these women of God who may be going through or who these women of God who may be delivered let's pray the grace of God on their life God bless you and God keep you I thank you for joining me here at Harvest New Life Church Love's like a hurricane, I am a tree Bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I'm unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory Then I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us all. Oh, how he loves us. Yeah. How he loves us
harvest new life. Driving through the neighborhood of Dallas, Fort Worth. Have you ever noticed it seems like there is a church on every corner? And you have to ask yourself, I feel a need to come to church, but what am I looking for? Harvest new life. A place where the word teaches, not preaches. Harvest new life. A place where there is transparency, not just kindness. Harvest new life. A place where friendship grows into relationships. Harvest new life. A place where everyone grows together, understanding, discipling, and ministering to everyone in the Lord. Metro, Dallas, and Fort Worth. The ministry you've been looking for is right here, right now. Harvest New Life Church, 6906 Churchill Way, Dallas, Texas. Invites you on a journey, a journey of the Word of God in teaching, realness of the Word in its transparency by Pastor Charles Ellis. The opportunity to learn evangelism and the power of God moves in a way that you may not have ever experienced before. Come join us in worship every second and fourth Sunday. Bible study at 9.15 a.m. Log on to our website at www.harvestnewlifechurch.com or for more information, call us at 214-870-2146. That's 214-870-2146. Searching is over. Come in and we'll meet you right where you are. Healing begins now. Harvest New Life. Harvest New Life Church.